0: everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today, I'm joined with Tanner Shin and Andrew Lemon, security engineers at Alias, and we're going to talk about OSINT. We're going to cover a little bit about what it is, how people use it, how cybersecurity professionals use it, and how you might use it in your daily life without realizing it. So, both of you, thank you so much for joining me. Can I have you guys say your names so people know a name to the voice? Hey,
1: this is Andrew Lemon, Principal Security Engineer. Hey,
2: this is uh, Tanner Shin. I'm the Security Engineering Lead.
0: Perfect. Um, Well, let's just go ahead and get started. So, big question. What is OSINT?
2: OSINT is
1: Open Source Intelligence. Open Source meaning... You can find it out in the wild, and then intelligence of anything that you can use to leverage and learn more about a person, place, thing, any noun, really.
0: Let's just go ahead and get into how you guys use OSINT as cybersecurity professionals.
1: So we use open source intelligence uh, in a lot of ways, in a lot of engagements. Um, I like to use it mainly when we're on doing a scoping call with a customer. Um, and I can kind of walk through an example of that. So we talk to a customer, and maybe they're looking at doing a disaster recovery plan. And the first thing I'm going to do is I take their domain, or I take their email address, and take their domain from their email, and I put it in DNS dumpster. That's a tool that does subdomain enumeration and provides all of the DNS records. So once I've dumped it in a DNS dumpster, like the example I've got in front of me, I'll use the SPF record, which is sender policy framework, uh, it's a tool used to cut down on email spoofing, and it specifies what IP addresses are allowed to send emails on behalf of the domain. So by looking at this customer's SPF record, I can see two IP addresses, one's on a slash 29 and one's on a slash 20, which leads me to believe they've got at least two exchange servers at two different locations or a backup internet. And then I see spfprotectionoutlook.com. So now I know they use Office or O365. So with that, on the phone call, I can say, have you completed your migration to O365, or are you a hybrid? Do you still have those two on-site Exchange servers? And it kind of melts a customer's mind when you say, let me tell you about your internal network.
0: So you do all of that before actually beginning an engagement?
1: Absolutely. It's uh, good to kind of get on the call, and it gets people talking, because then you can start saying, these are the things that you have. Have you considered these? Uh, is this a round-robin? Do you have this configured load-balanced? And then we'll use this same technique uh, pivoting into more of the attack surface where we do subdomain enumeration, which is, again, all public and out there in DNS, and we'll find, like, vpn.customername.com. So now we know where we're going to target, say, our VPN attacks. Uh, If we can find an internal web page, then we can pull data off of that and know, like, hey, the company cookout's coming up. That could be part of our phishing. We can use it as... Uh, part of our profiling and like building a pretext for our phishing as well as exploiting that to say, Hey, that old site looks garbage. We're migrating it. So we take everything that we can and we learn about that as we build our profile and use that in the next stages of our attacks.
0: And so that is an instance where you use it to kind of set up a phishing attempt or kind of have a better idea of what the scope is going to be for an engagement with a client. Um, are there any other ways you use it other than phishing? Do you use it for vishing or like physical aspects of the assessment?
1: So I will use it uh, in other terms. I guess uh, we've got some more examples more towards your question, but mm-hmm. there's another example of when we have emails come in, um, is this a legitimate email? So we'll have our customers send us the email. It's like, hey, is this phishing or this looks weird? Uh, using the data in the email to then reverse and see what we can come up with so the pulling the headers from the emails and then throwing those into like mx toolbox and we pulled the email header information which is then indexed against the internet where we can see who does that mx record actually belong to and provide us some context of where that email came from did it come from a shady site in the czech republic or did it come from outlook and then we can do more OSINT on our emails. Or if we have an email from a customer or we come across an email, we can start reversing and say, well, we have an email address. This is probably the username schema. And then we can start looking for that username on leaked credentials. So we'll use those leaked credentials or we'll use the username. We'll look that up. From that, we can normally get a password. And while credentials are sometimes uh, very specific to a person, like first name. Dot last name Passwords are this kind of unique fingerprint that people carry around not realizing it. So it could be your dog's name and the year your mom was born. And most people won't have that password. So you'll index and you'll search off of that password now in a password lookup tool. And you can find their other accounts strewn across the, the internet and kind of have this reverse lookup and find other places and use those against that person.
0: And I feel like I should ask, all of this is completely legal?
1: Completely legal. Uh, in terms of as long as you're not violating any stalking rules um, <laughs> based on a court allowment
2: or a court ruling, uh, it's all legal. Yeah.
0: And it's all open source. Correct. Okay.
2: And going back to your uh, original question about what about uh, any kind of, you know, the more the, ha- the hacking stuff, the red teaming, anything like that, the physical engagement specifically. Um, every single time that we get a physical, we sit down and we go, okay, who is this customer? Where are they at? What's the goal? Um, From there, we're gonna look up, first thing almost always, we're gonna pull up from Google Maps. What's this building look like? Where's it at? What's the outside look like? Is there a maps that drives all the way around? What's the cameras look like? What's the doors look like? Sometimes I can look at it and I go, wow, I can already tell from Google Earth that that door has a horrible gap. I can double door tool that, that's not a problem. And from Google Earth alone, I already know how to get in. Um, But our job, Our job is to, you know, break into this place's server room or whatever we've determined the flag is. Uh, We don't know what the inside of that building looks like. We've never been there. We don't know anything about it. So sometimes we'll look up blueprints. You can go to, um, you know, whatever town hall is relevant to where it's at, and you can request a blueprints. A lot of the times you'll get them. Sometimes they'll question you, and they get super sketched out. But you can almost always find stuff. If we can't get that, we'll go on Facebook. We'll look at pictures. The Halloween party you had that you posted a bunch of pictures of combined with the Christmas party that you had two years prior. I can piece together 16 pictures and find a layout of the building. We set there with a whiteboard and we can figure out the layout of the building. So we know what door we're going to come in. Whenever we come in, we're going to head to this bathroom so we can lay low for a minute. From there, we know that the stairs are at the staircase near it. We're going to come out. We're going to go up the stairs from there. We know that your data center is in the second room or on the second floor. So, yeah.
0: So when you come up with an objective for an engagement, so say you want to reach the data center as your be all end all goal to consider it a success, is that primarily what you're focused on? Or I guess what I'm trying to ask is when do you know when you have enough to be able to try and reach that?
2: So usually on those physical engagements, we set a flag with the customer. Um, we kind of treat it like a capture the flag game type of deal, where we say, okay, like what what is what do you want us to do for this physical? Do you want us to go to your president's office and leave a card? Do you want us to go to your server room? Do you want us to have hands on a keyboard? Do you want us to implement a Dropbox somewhere that we can you know use to hack in later? Uh, so it really depends on the engagement, but no matter what the goal is, you can pretty much guarantee it that we're using OSINT for it. We're going to find out the layout of the building. We're going to find out who works there. I might try and actually go as far as finding out, okay, Debbie works the front desk and she really likes dogs. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to bring my dog. I got a dog at home. She's cute. I'll bring her and I'll walk her in the front door and she'll love it. And it'll be a huge distraction while, you know, this guy over here on the other side of the room walks in the side door. I mean, it's nothing is, uh, nothing is sacred for us.
1: To kind of uh, build on some that he included on social media, uh, we'll also use that to assess culture and figure out what's the right way to dress. And then uh, another good thing, like on LinkedIn, the pictures of the company barbecue, the Christmas party, like he mentioned, we'll find badges uh, and get the badge uh, layout so we know how to replicate that if we're trying to em- emulate an employee. And then you also have data leakage in those pictures. So we've come across phone numbers for voicemail systems and passwords. And then we can leverage those to call the help desk and say, hey, I'm trying to reset my voicemail. I can't get into it. This is my phone number. This is the number I'm calling. You have enough. You've gathered enough intelligence that you can pass that by and kind of use that pretext for your social engineering. So that's uh, something we've used.
2: We once had a company... I won't go into too much detail here. We once had a company who had some pictures on social media in this picture. We could see the drive through of a certain area and we could see the software that was up on the screens. So we knew that we could pretend to be that software vendor. We could, we could zoom in well enough because I mean, modern, you think about your modern iPhones, your modern pixel, pixel phones, like they have phenomenal cameras. You can zoom for days. So we could zoom in on the background and see exactly what the software was.
0: So it's things like that where, you know, it might be an innocuous photo of a couple coworkers at a barbecue, but in the background, there might be more information that's considered useful to you guys.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Elf on the shelf is my favorite. Uh, The elf on the shelf always ends up uh, disclosing so much data. So when HR puts that on or marketing puts that on and uh, they throw it in new random places, it's... uh,
0: enlightening I feel attacked as a marketer (laughs) but I mean honestly personally I've worked in environments where I've had to be very cautious about what I post on social media representing the brand because if I you know worked at I don't know like a bank or something and I showed off behind the teller line that's pretty critical information um and so I'd have to be very conscious of what we had staged in the background of photos and things like that
1: Yeah, people miss that, so like the off the shelf photo not only included uh, the voicemail data, but also the system tray, which told me the antivirus, the time, the keyboard, uh, and then, okay, is it a laptop? Do they use OneDrive because I can see the cloud? Uh, A lot of data is held just in that
2: corner of your PC. Wow. Right. That system tray actually showed us that you have a wireless mouse and keyboard, and that it's an old one, which means it's susceptible to mouse jacking which means that we don't even have to be in the building. We can be in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And we can set up our 2.4 gigahertz radio with the good intent on it. And they can hit that machine and all of a sudden it's got a cobalt strike beacon on it.
0: That's fantastic. All that from just one photo on social media.
1: Yeah. So Teddy, as a marketer, how do you use OSINT?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, OSINT is all about searching for things that are open and available, right? And as a marketer, it's all about trying to find the best venues to reach a specific audience. So I don't know, if I think of a specific audience, um we'll say cybersecurity professionals because that's what we're here with. That's who I you know work for you know, if I'm trying to do something specific, like say I have a LinkedIn advertisement that I want to try and get across and see about clicks, engagements, things like that for cybersecurity professionals. What I might probably do is I might potentially go to someone's LinkedIn, see if they're a cybersecurity professional, see, you know, on a LinkedIn, you can see what they react to, you can see what they specifically post, you can see what they share. So you can see kind of what Types of content they like to share personally, and then tailor my content to meet some of their expectations. So, if they share, you know, top 10 cybersecurity tools of 2020, then maybe I could put together a content piece that kind of talks about some of the tools. You know, we sell services, but we also use a lot of tools. And so, I could put together a content piece that says, here's a couple of alias tools and throw them in that list. And then I would share that list, hoping that a cybersecurity professional that's engaged with similar posts would engage with this one.
1: So what you're telling us is that as a marketer, uh, not only do you do OSINT, but you're also a social engineer
2: because you're trying to get clicks. And more specifically, spear phishing?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I mean, honestly, spear phishing could be considered ABM, which is account based marketing, that's which a is a
2: nicer of a term. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so ABM is just, you know, you marketing specifically for an account or a client or a specific company, right? You know, if I know you are a, I don't know, what's an industry, Um, say you're a manufacturing company in the middle of Oklahoma, and I really want you to be able to have a meeting with our sales team, I create content specifically for you, right? Like I would create manufacturing content, cybersecurity based manufacturing content, things like that.
1: Should we start offloading our OSINT and social engineering to the marketing team?
0: <laughs> I I like to think I'd be able to help a little bit.
2: I'm going to have you do a vision call like tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, would, I would love to do a vision call. They seem like a lot of fun to do, but they also seem very stressful. All right, we'll do it. Okay.
1: It's actually interesting. The last two OSINT challenges at DEF CON, our last couple, they were won by women that weren't specifically in InfoSec. Uh, one was a marketer mm-hmm. and the other one was in marketing previously, but then had moved into like help desk. Um, and they also did it with a baby, like sitting on their lap, like in the soundproof booth. So
0: oh, my gosh.
1: It was an
2: interesting story to look up.
0: Yeah, that's super cool.
2: So we could tell you about some of the tools that we use for Ascent.
0: <laughs> yes, please do.
2: So some of the uh, one of the main tools that I like to use lately is called the Harvester. Um, it's a it's a fairly it's becoming more common uh, in distros like Kali and Parrot. Um, so essentially, it's a bunch of uh, common websites built into one, and it's incredibly easy to use. So let's say I want to get a list of users to password spray. I know the format that you guys are in. I know that it's first initial last name at domain dot com. Um, so what I'm going to do. And, I, and I've found your VPN login, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go Harvester, LinkedIn, and then the company name. And then from there, it's going to pull every single person on the company. It's going to give it to me in a nice text file. I'm going to append the text file with first name or first initial last name at companyname.com. And I'm going to spit it into that VPN portal with a login password list. And it's going to sit there and it's going to password spray All, however many, I don't know, 300 users that they have on LinkedIn. How many of those 300 do you think have a weak password? At least 10.
0: So with a tool like that, I mean, how long does that even take? What, I would assume about 30 minutes for you to be able to figure out?
2: I mean, it depends on how good their passwords are, how long it takes to run through it. But to get the usernames, Mm -hmm. I mean, five minutes.
0: And how do you, I mean, is it just because someone's email is posted online and you can kind of see, you know, maybe from a company website, the formula?
2: Yeah, it's never hard to get it. I can go, I can usually go to the website, the about us, discuss someone that they can contact. Worst case scenario, I can't find it. I'll shoot them an email, maybe three or four emails. And I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm trying to interview or hey, I'm trying to sell you this or something like that until I get a reply. And then I not only have that person's email, but I have their format.
1: There are also tools that let us scrape VirusTotal, which is a, a great resource. So we can actually find that domain name in like an EML file that someone might have assumed was malicious and uploaded to VirusTotal. So we can pull data from there. Uh, people aren't aware of a lot of the places where your data is actually leaking.
0: What are some of the places where our data is actually leaking?
1: Uh, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, VirusTotal, anywhere where you're uploading a file that you might think isn't being used. Um, VirusTotal is a good site for researchers, but I recommend like, no distribute, where it actually doesn't distribute those files and make them available to researchers, or in this case, us as
2: bad guys. A lot of times people set up GitHubs for a company, a coding project on a company, and they think, well, I just I have a GitHub. I'll just link this on my GitHub. It's no big deal, out of convenience. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that that's like, I can get that that's on their GitHub that's publicly available.
0: So a lot of it's just people publish it publicly without realizing or might not realize that some of their information has been leaked. Correct. Okay. So what are the, some of the other tools I know whenever we do our OSINT challenges, um, which we do that online on social media. So you guys should definitely check it out. All you listeners. Um, but I, you know, I like to try and do the OSINT challenge myself and I just do Google image reverse search. Is that considered OSINT? Is that like a practical tactic?
2: So Google reverse image search is fantastic. It's great. At a whole lot of things. Um, Google is a whole lot more curated than other things. There is another one called Teni, which is, it's really, it's really good. It searches multiple things. However, the best thing that I've found for reverse image search is called Yandex, which is basically the Russian Google. Um, it hooks, it seems to hook everything on the internet and it has no filters, no nothing. It just, it hooks everything. And you'd be amazed how many things, a picture of a street sign that you took yourself. And a lot of the times Yandex will be like, Oh yeah, that's here. Or a picture of like some art on the wall of a bar. You you send that into Yandex and it'll find it, or at least find the artist that did it. Like it's absolutely incredible. But I mean, even even then aside from search engines, there's things like PimEyes, which is another tool that we use, which is it's a facial recognition software into essentially a search engine that scrapes the web. So what it does is it goes through its own AI facial recognition and it looks for every instance of that person on the internet. So if I took a picture of any random person and I posted it up, if you've ever had a picture on Facebook, it's going to pull that Instagram. It's going to pull that. If your company posted a picture, a company photo for the barbecue we talked about that we used to hack your stuff earlier, it's going to pull that. And it will tell us here's all these instances. So from this one picture of this person that I found, I was able to find out where they worked. They have a significant other who the significant other is. There's a picture of him in his car. I know what he drives. I know what dealership that car's at. Like, you can find everything.
1: Maybe even your college pictures, and now I know your school, and then your high school pictures, and I know th- your two mascots that could possibly use it in a password.
2: I know what fraternity you were in. I know people in that fraternity.
0: This makes me think of, you know, like the security questions, like your mother's maiden name and things like that. You guys make it sound like I'd be able to find that stuff for other people pretty easily.
1: Yeah. That's why you should always lie on your security questions.
0: Lie on my security yeah, questions. Absolutely. Okay. So don't tell dog? the actual answer.
2: My dog was named Bartholomew. Like, yeah, just name random crap. It's not true.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's smart. Just create create
1: an <laughs> alter ego and then answer security questions as your alter ego,
2: but you have to remember
1: <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what are some ways people might use OSINT in their daily lives without even realizing it?
1: Uh if you're younger you could be using it in the dating world. So, uh women do make great investigators when they're trying to find out uh everything they can about a guy. I've had uh, in a previous life before getting engaged. Uh, I've been told like, "Oh, this is where you were" and like, "Oh, you know these people. And how do you know this person?" Um uh, Because someone dug in through Facebook or they looked up court records. Uh, It's interesting where someone's like, so how about that speeding ticket you got when you were 17? Like, tell me about that. (laughs) Uh, And I think it's good to use that to kind of vet people. Like, has anyone else posted about this person? Uh, If you want to know what someone's really like, look at their Google reviews. Like, what actually makes them angry enough to write a Google review? So, uh, what's your Reddit username? That would be a, a good icebreaker question. Like, are you willing to show that side of yourself that early? No, no,
2: no. Um, yeah. Another, another thing is a job interviews. Mm -hmm. If I was interviewing for a company, one of the main things I would do is, okay, let's look at their LinkedIn. Let's try and figure out what's going on with this company. What do they do? Oh, Hey, wait, they did this one thing. I did that. I know that. Let me add that to my resume. So I would try and figure out how many things is relevant to that particular company, add that to my resume, make myself look a little better. Oh, I see that they, you know, they do golf tournaments. They really like doing golf. Hey, I can pretend to like golf, like, you know, things like that. It's uh, It really it really can help a whole lot of different things, really.
1: You can also O-Cent your interviewers and then know what it takes because at the end of the day, people want to hire people that are like-minded. So if you see that they maybe like race cars or NASCAR, like, hey, did you catch that race this week? And they're like, oh, my, this guy gets me. Mm
0: -hmm. So we kind of talked a little bit about what OSINT is, how it's used by cybersecurity professionals, what some of the tools are. And then we just briefly touched on ways people might use it in their daily lives. Is there anything else I didn't ask you that you guys wanted to mention about OSINT?
2: I got one thing. Lemon, are you familiar with spearfishing? Yes. Can you explain what it is? Uh,
1: spearfishing is, instead of casting a huge net, a very specific targeted attack. So at an individual that's going to include a high click. So when we do a fishing campaign, we try to drag a huge net that's going to catch a few fish. Spearfishing is a, uh, an attack that is specifically targeted at an individual.
2: And Teddy, you just showed us a video clip. Can you talk about that?
0: I did. Yeah. So that makes me think of I haven't seen the movie, but it's Ocean's 8. And I'd seen this clip where I guess Rihanna plays a character in it and she's a hacker of sorts. And so she's able to look up information about a target, find out that he's really into dogs. And so she creates a email specifically designed to get him to click it. That's all about this specific show dog breed. Um, and in the clip, you know, you see her looking him up, spending time putting it together and then it emails him and you see him get super excited about the email. So he clicks it. Um, and I thought that's a really unique way of showing off quote unquote hacking in movies, you know, without showing it off. Like it's a very realistic attempt to attack somebody.
2: And it's totally true that, that is, that is something that we have done over and over. If I go on your Facebook and I find that you're a, super pro, you know, Republican person. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy the domain, you know, truth-freedom.america, and I'm going to send you the most ridiculous email with the most fake news. Click here to petition this. And if I see that you're constantly posting stuff like that, I think it's got a high success rate. And that's an extreme example, of course. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the dog thing is spot on that that type of stuff is exactly what we do
0: do you guys see a higher click rate in spear fishing versus just like blanket fishing attempts
2: far higher more success for sure Mm
0: -hmm. okay that's pretty interesting all right is there anything else you guys wanted to add
2: that's all i got all i got
0: perfect well thank you both so much for joining me on the episode today i appreciate it
2: thank you thank you